This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you have any cheese at all? No. <laughs> A senseless waste of human life. Hello Cheeseheads and welcome to another episode of the Cheese Room Podcast. Another week, still top of the league, another clean sheet. We've given the Gooners an existential crisis. What a fantastic weekend it has been. Joining me to discuss this fantastic result all the way from Vienna is the Harlow Globetrotter. How you doing? HG. Uh, evening, Franco. Evening, everyone that's listening. Um, yeah, I'm doing all right. We beat the Goons, so it's a very, very good Sunday. Yeah, you sound a little bit hoarse, actually. You've been screaming at the TV in delight. Uh, just the twice, but um, <laughs> my, my, the last time I checked, my NFL team was doing quite well as well. But uh, yeah, the uh, certainly the cheer for the goal from Sonny was uh, enough to wake up the neighbours at least two or three floors above me. Oh, good stuff. Also joining from up north, it's the caller, full of gin. How are you doing, caller? I'm incredibly happy tonight. I've got to say, Franco, what a performance. Three more points, top of the league, 11 games played. I'm wondering when this streak's going to end. You know, we're, we're taking on all comers and beating them and drawing with them when we can't beat them. And it's it's um, bloody wonderful to see. Good evening, everybody. Excellent stuff. And also joining, he really wanted to come on the pod. And he's brought us good luck recently. He's not been on a losing pod for a long time. It's Mr. Seb Short. How are you doing, Seb? I am absolutely buzzing i've had a lovely day went to some socially distant christmas markets this morning and i thought to myself the only thing that could ruin this is if spurs just don't show up and they showed up they beat the goons 2-0 my four-year-old arsenal supporting little boy in your face (laughs) (laughs) i hope you've made him cry so in the nicest way possible (laughs) 
<laughs> oh dear. Right, let's get into it. There was a few surprises today after Jose's comments midweek about who might not be playing at the weekend, but we saw Kane come back, we saw Reggie come back, and probably the biggest surprise, HG, was that Toby was in the squad. Well, he's trained a few days, um, so I guess I wasn't too surprised. I mean, I think once he was training with the team, you imagined that because we don't ask too much of our defenders when it comes to running, that he would start the game. So I think that if he's fit enough to train, he was going to be fit enough to start. So I wasn't too surprised, and I think that you know we know with, with Jose, when it comes to mind games, he's he's the master of it. So it, it worked out pretty well. We were, I would say, almost full strength today. Agreed. Um, Caller, do you think he was playing mind games at all? Do we need to play mind games to beat Arsenal these days? <laughs> well, Kane, Kane didn't look too unfit to me. No, I, I just think that he rested Kane in the week and said, have, have a rest. Vinicius was obviously um, poorly or injured in the midweek because um, he would have played. But I don't think there was anything wrong with Kane. Yeah, he was sort of just, uh, maybe he's got a little niggle and, and needed a, a couple of days rest. Stubbed his toe or something on the table at the training room and um, and therefore... It was a good excuse for Jose to do the old, or he's not sure about him. But he sort of backed yeah. off that anyway, didn't he? Yeah, I guess so. In the end, he made a, he kind of. I think Spurs fans made a bigger deal of it probably than anybody else. That's the thing. We all got scared when we thought the game might play not play on the weekend, but <laughs> we had nothing to worry about. And Seb, one surprise was that no Don Bele, even in the squad today, ended up being injured. Were you um, a little bit sort of worried when you saw the lineup and he wasn't in it? No, I was I wasn't worried. Uh, look, Ender Bele's been great, but um, obviously Lacelso comes straight in, and that that that's no bad substitute. The thing I was most surprised about actually was there was a lot of rumours about Larice not going to make it. Um, mm. All over the papers, all over the weekend, Joe Hart was going to make his first appearance, I think, for in the Premier League for two years, um, but obviously that that didn't happen. And uh, thankful because I thought Hugo was great today. Yeah, no, he was. I think we <laughs> after midweek we would have been a little bit scared if if Joe was uh, there. Um, and let's just talk about the game, HG. I thought it was quite an even but niggly start. Uh, a few fouls here and there, but we got again another early goal, didn't we? And uh, what a goal it was! Yeah, it was it was incredible. I mean, just we seem to do this quite often in in, in big games where we we allow the opponent to take the initiative, and I think Arsenal did that in the first few minutes. And you, you do start to worry, like you don't like you know that they have decent players, and you know that if they get a bit of confidence, then you know anything can happen. And so for Sonny to, to take what was nothing more than a half chance and stick mm. it somewhat close to the top corner, um, you know, with Bernd Leno not being the greatest, it didn't have to be a fantastic shot, but it still went in. And uh, yeah, it, it, I think it calmed our nerves more than anything and made probably the Arsenal players think, here we go again, which is what, what you want from any opponent, let alone the one you, you hate the most. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, I mean, cooler talk about the goal itself. It was great play from, from Kane, wasn't it? And then... Son basically ran half a length of the pitch and what a strike. I think the biggest surprise for me was how much Arsenal backed off Son. Mm-hmm. So Kane did a great bit of um, bit of work in midfield, released it to Son and, and you know Son loves to cut in and cut a shot, albeit not normally from quite that far out. But you know he's got it in his locker and they just backed off him and it, they were inviting him to shoot, inviting him to shoot. It was ridiculous. And um, and Son obliged and, the, uh, you know, the keeper was not very well set for the shot. And, and I think, yeah. you know, fantastic, fantastic strike. What a player Son is is turning into um, or already is. And I, I take all the negative things I've ever said about his uh, finishing skills back because um, he's been fantastic this season. I think Mourinho has given him a new lease of life. 
No, I agree. And that's the thing. You, what you say is right. Leno wasn't set. It almost seems like Arsenal were just backing off on the goalkeeper because he likes to come out quite a bit, Leno. I think he's the sweeper keeper and he was still kind of getting set. I think Sun just went, he's far too far to the left and just curled it into the right-hand side and Leno got nowhere near it. It was an amazing goal. And after that, um, Seb, I thought he was very disciplined. We instantly just kept this really strong shape, um, zonal marking in our own half, and we didn't really... We just we just sort of cut down the passing angles and then started to close down when they got into that final third. Well, as, as we saw against Man City, you score that first goal. Uh, you know, it was a similar time. It just the belief kind of floods through. Everyone knows their jobs in that team. Um, if I can just go back to the goal, one thing I wanted to 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 point out: it was obviously a wonderful finish from Son. But what I found really interesting is if you look at that goal back, is after Kane plays the ball out wide on the left to, to Son. Son is always the furthest forward. And what that means is that if Kane and Bergwijn, who is on the right, make runs, uh, fast forward runs into the area, what they do is they draw the defensive players with them. And actually what that does is crowd the box, crowd the area. And the chances of Son having that space to get that shot off and it not hit a player, etc., is a lot more difficult. Kane actually stayed very far back and and I think it was Xhaka stayed with him rather than running into the box and being more bodies into the box. So mm. I, I was actually, as well as a brilliant finish from Son, but I was actually really impressed with the with the the play from Kane and the fact that Bergvine actually, he he almost ran towards the corner flag um, to, to kind of give the space in the actual penalty area to Son. So I thought it was incredible. But yeah, to go back to your um, your original point, yeah, as soon as that goal goes in, it's oh, it's just the, the confidence just kind of flows through the team because everyone knows, well, th- this is this is what we've trained to do. The, you know, I have no belief. Uh, sorry, I've got no doubt that this is the, tra- the training that is going on in that team is get 1-0 up and the game's yours. It, we've seen it week in, week out now. Yeah, no, we have. Um, HG, the, the rest of the first half, um, we had a few chances, but but really we did kind of settle back into that defensive um, formation. And were you nervous? Were you confident? How did you how did you think the, the rest of the half played out? I think I was nervous just because this was a game that I thought we had something to lose in. You know, we look at the Man City game two weeks ago and Chelsea last week, and we all knew that we were probably underdogs going into it. Whereas today, being favourites against Arsenal just never makes me feel comfortable. So I think for that reason, more than anything else, I, I worried a lot today, first half and second half, because you just you're expecting Arsenal to do something that's going to hurt you. That I think most of us have been around long enough to remember the uh, the times when Arsenal would sometimes just walk these games, certainly the games uh, at their ground. And so you, you just don't know. Like I, I, di- I didn't want us to sit back and then regret it, which which I think was what I was worried about. I was worried about them getting maybe a, a lucky equaliser from a from a set piece or just 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 maybe something that they probably didn't deserve and something that would have hurt us. So I think if I probably look back on it now, it, it was relatively comfortable for us, but I was so nervous watching it because I just expected the worst. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say they had a few more chances that kind of got into the box. Like Our defending is fantastic. There was always a head, uh, whether it was Toby, Dyer, Hoiberg getting back, Harry Kane from corners seemed to get a few out as well. It's like everybody's just defending resolutely. But Arsenal did have a few chances and I feel like if they'd be 
slightly better players. <laughs> they could have maybe done more with it, but they didn't. We played the half out and then Caller, talk us through the goal at the end of the half. I mean, it was a bit unfortunate for Arsenal that Partey was limping off the pitch at the time, but they just seemed to open up this big bit of space. A great ball by Aurier and then uh, Lo Celso, Son, Kane and what a strike again. I can't believe how hard he hit that. I want to see the... Um, the <laughs> with his left. With his left, with his weak foot, so-called. Um, I want to see the Mars Prowess Speedo on it because he just absolutely smashed it. Isn't it nice when they go in off the sort of rattle underneath the bar and into the roof of the net like that? It's just it's just yeah. awesome. Brilliant finish. Great Again, great breakaway move. We are lethal. We are lethal on the counter and so solid at the back. And I'm glad you bring up the fact that if Arsenal had a few better players, well, they may have finished. Well, that's good. That's a good That's a good idea. Um, Chelsea, they've got good players. They didn't break us. Man City, they've got good players. They didn't break us down either. We're, we're looking impregnable at the back. And yeah, we ride our luck sometimes. I'm the first to admit that. But I think every team does to a degree. We, we You can't argue with, with statistics. And we are solid defensively and lethal on the counter. And that move, both both the goals today... We're just textbook counter-attacking football. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, no, I wouldn't disagree. I think what I'm saying is that we're a little bit more open than we were again. I think Man City was the strongest defensive game. Chelsea are maybe a little bit weaker in this one. We were just a little bit more open. But I think that's because in the first half, we did actually genuinely try and play against them. And I thought some of our, you know, um, some of our play was quite good. Just picking up what you said. Party did walk off the pitch, which should should absolutely be acknowledged as possibly one of the most stupid acts by a football player <laughs> I've ever seen. I mean, why he didn't just go down and maybe try and summon some help or well, anything really, anything but that. What I thought was funny was that Arteta realised what was happening, told me to go back on. He ran about five steps and kind of smashed it in the net by then. He just <laughs> turned around again and walked off again. <laughs> I mean, we, we have to remember that certainly in the second half, um, by that point, Arsenal were basically playing with, what, eight attackers? I mean, you know, Tierney was almost a left back. They only kept holding and Gabriel back and they had Bellerin down the right. So, like, they, they had decent chances and lots of chances in the game, but we, we were comfortable. So I think that, yes, maybe defensively we, we didn't look as good, but Arsenal were, 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 were going for anything that they could. I don't think they would have minded um, conceding a third because they knew they had to try and do something extraordinary to get one back. It, as it was, they, they couldn't even do that. And we had no intention, I think, of scoring a third. If it came our way, it would have been great. But it wasn't something that was part of the plan, let's say. But you know yeah. what, HG, just on that, I think if we'd have wanted to, we could at will. Uh, possibly, but is, was it worth risking it? I, th- I think that's the question. Like there, there have been various people who have said that you know Arsenal could have played for for three hours tonight and not scored because you know we we were we were good enough defensively and they seemed you know only capable of trying crosses, which is the one thing that we are actually very good at. Um, but that's the, the method to that because if you keep crossing the ball in the box. Eventually, you get a score. Apparently, that, that's that's pure <laughs> maths, isn't it? According to Arteta, like you are bound to score. It, it's it's the most ridiculous thing I think I've heard a manager say for a very long time. Something that Rogers, something that Rogers would come out with, as far as I'm concerned. This idea that like, the, the the more you do something that's not very effective, the more, the better chance you have of being not effective. That that that, that that's the logic, right? It, it's it's crazy. 
Well, what was it last week? They had 30-something, and didn't they have 40-something against us I today? Over 40, yeah. Over 40 crosses. It's just... Do you think Arteta's there in the trade room scratching his head going, I just can't understand it. We've had so many crosses. I don't understand where it's going wrong. There, there, there is a bit of uh, of Stan Laurel about him, so maybe, yeah. Um, I, I just... like we, we always we always talk about our defenders you know, being quite slow and not having pace, certainly when it comes to Dyer and Toby. But when you play the way that we do, it's really not that important. It's important that someone is able to to spin off you. And, and until they brought Enketia on, they had no one that was capable of doing that. Aubameyang wasn't interested. Lacazette was dropping deep. And so, yeah, they, we, they had lots of the ball, but we wanted them to have it because, frankly, they, they weren't capable of doing anything with it. Mm. Seb, were you a little bit surprised at the way that Arsenal set up today? Because they've been playing three at the back quite regularly and we've struggled this season, certainly, against teams that have played that formation. Were you surprised that you went with four at the back? Not especially. I think with Luis injured um, and then, you know, who do you bring in? I think it was Mustafi on the mm. bench. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have him anywhere near the team. So, yeah, I, I think that probably had a, had a lot to do with it. Um, but I was very surprised with... With their tactics, because look, they've they've got some decent players. I don't like like obviously to praise Arsenal, but no. they've got some decent players. But anyone can see they they are not playing to their strengths. To whip those balls, well, they didn't even whip the balls into to put those balls into the box. That is meat and drink to uh, Eric Dyer, particularly. I thought it was outstanding today, and 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 Toby. Uh, I think I read that. Um, Aubameyang has scored 75 goals for Arsenal. Three headers. <laughs> uh, and what, what are you doing? You know, and the the the, the thing is, uh, as much as uh, Hoybier and Sissoko were, were fantastic today, there was nothing actually in and around them. It was it was just making sure that they were positionally secure um, and mopping up things that um, Dyer and Aldevaro were were. were 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 putting towards them, so you know they weren't they, they weren't really struggling because it was just so easy. Um, and this is this is where the tactic came from in the second half. And Jose said it in his post match interview, which was we don't need to do anything at two nil. Yeah, <laughs> but it, that, uh, and as boring and as tragic as that sounds, and, and Graham Souness will go on for hours and hours about how he doesn't like watching it. And apparently said today Spurs are his first love, which I, I, if that's his first love. <laughs> I'd hate to think what, how he treats his wife, but <laughs> beating her. Yeah. I take that back. And uh, those, those views are not the views of the cheese room. Thanks very much. <laughs> but I mean, you know, this is it. it you, Jose is right. And it's going to take a bit of getting used to. And it's completely different. You know, I've, I spoke to my dad today who hasn't watched Spurs now for a good few years because he, he can't stand the change in, in football and stuff. And it is different to watch. You know, it's, it's defensive football. It's but it gets results time and time and time again. It gets results, and every single player on that pitch today was an eight out of ten minimum. Every yeah. single one from Larice to Kane, to eight, eight to ten out of ten. Yeah, Hoybio is fantastic. Sissoko is one of the yeah. best midfielders in the Premier League. Uh, who would have said that eighteen months ago? Yeah, it, it's incredible. He's got every single player believing. And yeah, he's got us believing, and that, that believe. 
I mean, that's the interesting thing. The Sky Pundits seriously don't seem to like it because you've got Jamie Redknapp chipping in every now and then going, oh, this isn't our Tottenham player. I'm surprised that the players are bought into it. You say, you know, soonest moaning about it. But G Nev was really interesting that he said, you used to play against like Benitez's teams and Mourinho's teams and you'd think you were doing better than them. You had, you know, passing was better, possession was better and then you'd lose. <laughs> and I think that perfectly sums it up, basically. It was like a game where I didn't feel like we were better at any point. But well, apart from the two amazing goals, but you know we still come away with a victory and, and it's job done. Can't really complain with that, can you? Is there anything to talk about in the second half in particular? No, we should have had a third. But no, I mean, I think I think the second half was just proof that um, Mourinho was quite happy to to do whatever it takes. Uh, we saw Davies come on. Um, how, how many defenders did we end the game with? Was it just Kane I, and? I, I think. Yeah, Kane and someone else. I can't even think who it would have been. Kane and Lucas, I think, were the two attackers that were that were left um, at the end of the game. So it's Mourinho knows what's up. I mean, like we we, we can sit here and say that you know Arsenal are a bad team, and obviously the the table indicates that they are. But um, you, you, you still have to you still have to do it. Um, we, we've got Palace um, Palace away next. We 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 know from experience that those games tend to be quite tight. Um, usually one goal in it, and that that's kind of what we want from Mourinho. We want it to be us that gets the goal and, and able to see it out. So I'm, uh, I'm I'm just really happy. I mean, that, that that's the crazy thing that the game today, as as nerve wracking as it was for me, I can sit here at the end of it and and I know that you know my team is top of the league still. Another week yeah. guaranteed, unless Liverpool score another what six goals in the next thirty minutes. Um, it's just it, it, it's a wonderful place to be, in. and 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 the best part is watching or certainly reading on certain Arsenal forums the idea that like it's almost like we picked their pocket but they still think they're better than us this <laughs> idea that you know our, our little pony as, uh, as as Jose calls us our little pony is somehow worse than their thoroughbred although their thoroughbred is sick and only has two legs and <laughs> just, just runs around in circles it, it, it's amazing to think that you know where, where we've come from certainly in the what in the last 10 years let's say We've come from being a team that you know we're, we're, we're dreaming of maybe one time getting in the Champions League, to to where we are now, a club that, frankly, should be thinking much much higher and, and trying to be the best, not just the best of the rest. No, agreed. <laughs> I think you're right. We ended up with because Rodon came on for Bergwijn, so I don't know what we must have ended up with six at the back, I guess, because we were playing five three two with plus plus Hoyerbjerg and Sissoko. I mean, it was yeah, <laughs> very defensive. Since the West Ham game. Right, we've we played five games, conceded one goal against Brighton that shouldn't. Yep. Have I haven't forgotten you, Graham Scott. You <laughs> <laughs> right. We kept clean sheets. I know we've gone over this, but we kept clean sheets against Man City, Chelsea, and Arsenal today. We scored twenty-five goals. Right, Kane and Son are at the moment the best strike force in the world. Right, not just in the Premier League, they are the best two strikers in the world. Okay, there aren't many players who could have scored that goal that Son scored today. Uh, it's it's a really good time to be a Spurs fan, and best of all, we have a guy in charge. He knows what to do. Exactly. We've had some brilliant football under Pochettino. Some some wonderful wonderful results, and yet we had a manager. And it, it pains me to say it because I, I love the man, but he didn't know what he was doing a lot of the time. He put the team out. He told them to play. Mm. That was it. There was no other plan. You know, we. I, I really hope for all the doubters that next week we see a slight deviation against Crystal Palace. And I think we will. 
you know, if we if we go to Crystal Palace and play the same way, I will have slight concerns because I am looking now at how can we win the Premier League, and, yeah. and and I don't think we can win the Premier League playing like this against everyone, but I think we can win the Premier League if we choose our tactics correctly, and I think Jose will do that. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's been difficult because it's three games in a row, so it does feel like we've been playing this forever. But no, I agree. It's uh, the only concern is that Palace scored five yesterday, so <laughs> Jose might think, "Oh, we need to shut up shop." Um, just quickly, talk. I know you've just said about Son and Kane being great. Uh, it's worth pointing out that Kane today is now the all-time leading scorer in the North London derby, taking the record off the great Bobby Smith and also some bloke called Addy Bayor. Caller, how important are those two to us? It's just we're saying on a weekly weekly basis how great they are, aren't we? Completely and utterly indispensable. If we lost them, we would have to try and play in a different way. And I suppose you know, to injury or whatever, I'm not suggesting they're going to go anywhere. Um, no. it, and I think that is something that will happen at some stage in the season. That's when we get tested because I don't think Kane stayed fit for a full season ever. Um, and I don't, mm. and and equally, Sons also had a niggle, certainly a niggly injury or, or an injury every season. So I think um, it's an interesting conversation to have. What we do when those get people go out? What we're trying to do is develop in the Europa League a plan B, I think, and that's not going too well. The interesting thing is, you know, we, we sat here, you know, towards the end of last, certainly before COVID happened. And Kane was out and Son was out and we're looking at options as who's going to be the focal point, right? And yes, okay, we, we've got Vinicius now who could be that focal point, but we've changed our system completely to the point where it, we don't really have a focal point. Like Kane drops back and plays as the 10 and allows the wide forwards to really be the, the, the main threat. So we, we all know that Kane is great, but I, I, I just think that there's not just a, a change in, in, in players in the squad, but also a change in how we play and and it's made us probably a, a little less uh, predictable when it comes to those changes that would need to happen if Kane or Son do get injured. Like we know that Bergwijn can play on the left. I mean, we've got wide attackers. I mean, really more than we can shake a stick at. But when it comes to you know what do we do if Kane goes out, we we could go with the focal point with um, with Vinicius. But we could also, if we wanted to try to play with a ten, maybe use Dilly in that role because that's the that's probably the type of thing that he would like to do. Is to is to play that kind of role and certainly not be the focal point waiting for people to to come up and play with him. Kane, particularly in the role that he's playing this season, is in in a weird way is far less physically involved. I've noticed it over the last two or three um, games that there's not the flying tackles coming in against him because he's playing slightly deeper. He's not facing the the, the last ditch tackles and things like that where he's turned his ankle or got hit. And things like that. He's getting actually, he's actually um, physically involved less. So I think the risk of injury, I've touched wood and everything else at this point, is actually a lot less than the role that he's previously played. I'm not sure that's true. I'm not sure that's true. He's playing more. He's playing more in midfield, and he's tackling a lot more. And I think that, if anything, that that almost increases his risk because it's not like he's flying onto anything and then hop out of the way. I think he's um, he's crunching into tackles in midfield. So I think, if anything, he, he's more at risk. I hope you're right, Seb. Don't get me wrong. Um, that's just my two penneth on it. Mm. Yeah, it's difficult because I think Jacker nailed him once today as well, didn't he? And he, he does. You're right. He kind of gets involved in these physical battles, but maybe it's not at quite as much speed. Maybe there's less risk in that. I don't know. But I think he sees he sees a lot coming much more than when he's playing further up the pitch. Um, and on that note, 
caller, I'm sure you'll agree with me, how on earth it took seven fouls for Xhaka to get booked today. <laughs> Unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. He, he was he was hammering into everyone like a crazy fool. Um, I think they even said on the commentary, it's like he, he wants to show to the Arsenal fans he's trying really hard by getting booked. Um, bizarre. How, he, how it took him seven or whatever it was, massive crunching challenges before he finally went in the book, I don't know. Because I think within two minutes he should have been in the book. Yeah, agreed. And the thing is, Lo Celso, first tackle, all right, it was a little bit dirty, but he got a yellow straight away. It did feel like the ref was a bit uh, generous. He gave him a bit of the Eric Lamella treatment and let him get away with a few too many. I agree. Yeah. Well, before we move on to the Antwerp game, we've got some exciting news. Well, it depends on what you find exciting. But we're um, the pod have decided to launch a Patreon account where we'll be bringing our top supporters and top cheeseheads some extra content, obviously, in uh, return for a small amount of remuneration. We're not going to take the piss. We only need enough to basically cover our expenses and to try and help us do a bit more and give a bit more back. Uh, if you sign up and we get enough people, you'll be getting some top cheese room merch but we'll also be giving you regular exclusive articles extra pods and we'll have some game chat so you can join us exclusively talking to the podders as we rant during the football matches lots of additional things um, all the details are on our facebook site uh, and also if you go to patreon forward slash the cheese room podcast you'll find it there or just go on patreon and search for it um, we're just trying to basically engage with our top fans a little bit more as we grow and sort of give something back. So if you're interested in that, then please go on there. We're not going to hammer away at it. And it's worth pointing out that we're, we're charging half as much as other well-known podcasts. So get involved. Also, our sponsor, footballprizes.co.uk, are this week giving away a 2018-19, I think it's the the away shirt, that is the blue one with the sort of light blue panels at the top, which is signed by... The old man himself, Mr. Pochettino, uh, Ericsson's on there, Mora, and I think Sissoko as well. Tickets, as always, are 4 99 available, but I think half of them at least have gone so far. And the deadline for that is at 7.30 on the 7th of December, so you haven't got long. Get involved in that, cheese and good luck. Right, let's move on to Antwerp. HG, this is a bit of a tricky one, isn't it? Because now uh, we've got Palace next weekend. Uh, <laughs> it's worth pointing out that HG managed to blag a pass to the um, last game midweek and we got to ask him a question in the post-match press conference and we asked whether topping the group was important or not and obviously we need to win this game midweek in order to do that and he said yes and I think that's a fair point because you look at the teams that are going to be dropping down from the Champions League there's a few potentially spicy ones in there and also some of the teams that finish top of their groups in the Europa League we could do with avoiding in the next round if we want it to be a nice easy game so HG what do you think we're going to do midweek? I think we are going to switch almost everyone (laughs) Um, yeah I do because I, I, I just like I understand that it would be nice to avoid someone like you know PSG or or Man United or whoever might drop down from that group. I don't know, but I just I think the the more important game is keeping momentum in the Premier League. If you ask me to finish first or second in the Europa League, I don't really care. On I mean, like especially when the draw, you have no idea who you're going to get. Like we we might get Rangers if they win their group, and then you think, okay, well you know it's a tough game because it's British, but. It could be a lot worse, so I I don't think we need to worry too much. Um, I just I'm just glad we're through to the next stage. I looked at Antwerp and and where they are. I mean, they lost today in the Belgian league, and they played you know one of their rivals for the title. And then next week they have another one of their rivals for the title this time at home. So may, maybe they'll switch things up as well because their job is done too. 
maybe they would rather finish second if they thought it was going to get a bigger opponent and maybe more money when February comes around. You just don't know. But I think as far as Spurs are concerned, um, I, I would expect to see Vinicius if he's fit and Delhi and and all the others that that don't that don't play um, or didn't play today. Doherty will start for sure. I think Sanchez may get another game. That'll be an interesting one. But I, I think I think we'll make quite a few changes if I'm honest. And Caller, would you like to see more youngsters? Um, ideally, if I could have asked Jose any question, it would have been that. Because even midweek, less than 10 minutes remaining, you put Aurier on the right wing when Jack Clark sat on the bench. We've seen some players get uh, chances in the game against Ludogorets uh, in the game before, and they didn't really get much more than six, seven minutes. So would you like to see more players used now in this next game? Um, we've got to win the game. So I think we've got to be pragmatic about it. Play a, play a strong team, hopefully get the job done by half time, and then put youth into it. I'd, I wouldn't mess around with it, to be honest. I, I would start with a strong lineup and I wouldn't play the kids as such until we're in a strong enough position to, um, to win. Um, because I think finishing top in the group is important. Genuinely do. You want to get the best rule possible to give yourself the best chance of winning the competition. Mm. Um, Playing the kids is not necessarily... Much as though I would like to see the kids, I don't necessarily think it's the right thing for Spurs. I mean, this is it. Like, it it doesn't guarantee us a good draw. It it maybe gives us better odds of a good draw. And that's that's, it. And we saw that, you know, with the Champions League. Like, you know, some years we finished top of the group and we got a really difficult opponent in the next round. And other times we finished second and got one of the easier options in in the last 16. So you just don't know. But I think as far as Spurs are concerned, the more important game is Palace. And so Antwerp at home in front of, again, I guess 2,000 people is a chance for those squad players to get the minutes that they need. Is it the last 32 then of the um, Europa? Yeah. What is it? Is it 32 and then, okay. So it's quite a lot of knockout phases, isn't there? It, it's an extra round compared to the Champions League. But yeah, there are 24 teams that go through the Europa League and then eight that come down from the Champions League to make the 32. And so like, w- we'll have, a, I guess, what, a 33% chance of, of drawing a Champions League team with the way that the draw works. But uh, yeah, look, I, I don't, I guess I guess I'm not fussed. Like as far as I'm concerned, Thursday night is about getting those, get, getting the the other players the minutes that they need to to stay match fit to 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 be at the top of the game in case we need them. And like if you look at the the seven English teams in European competition, the so far this season, I think this is a great stat. I love it. Um, you've got obviously Tottenham and Leicester and Liverpool and both Manchester teams and Ch- and Chelsea. Like they're the top six in the league. Right, the only one of the European teams that is struggling is our is our rivals from down the road, who are what fifteenth right now. Um, Like we we, we've managed the system quite well, and I think that all all we needed to do in this half of the season was to make sure we got to the knockout stage. When the knockout stage happens, then 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 we 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 worry a bit more about making sure that everyone is is rotated and fit. But I think for for Thursday night. We have to focus on giving people like Winks and Sanchez and Davies and Doherty and, and even Joe Hart, give them the chance to play because um, it, it, it's best for the club if they do. HG, what I would say is it's going to be interesting because once we're into the knockout phase, those same players may not get as much football. No, which is which is why we need to make sure that they get some minutes now, or that that, be, that they feel comfortable with the system that we want to play. Like I understand that you know if we draw a really difficult tie, maybe one of the Champions League dropouts. If if we draw one of them in February, then yeah, it, it's going to suck because we may have to rotate a bit more judiciously. But um, I, I still think that uh, 
you know, with a half decent draw, you can make the quarterfinals of the Europa League without really trying too hard. And by that point of the season, every game is going to matter no matter what. So I, I just, we've, we've, we've negotiated the Europa League really well so far. We had a couple of scares in the, in the, in the playoff rounds, but when the group stage losing at Antwerp was annoying, but it, obviously hasn't really affected too much because we, we beat the other two teams pretty handily or we did enough. And so we're in a situation where we can, you know, let's say, okay, we'll, we'll give players, give chances to those players that, that aren't getting chances in the league. Do you agree with all that, Seb? Because um, Palace are an interesting proposition. I know they've, they've absolutely smashed West Brom, although it was a 10-man West Brom. But before that, they lose to Newcastle, they've lost to Burnley, and they've only really beaten Leeds, uh, Fulham, you know, and they've lost to teams like Chelsea. Uh, it's, it's they're kind of a bit up and down, but they've not really beaten anybody decent this year. So, so do you think that? So do you think that Jose will have an eye on that, or do you think this is like a little bit of a, a breather before we get back into Leicester and Liverpool? I've been waiting really patiently to say you're all talking bollocks. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, you go on Thursday with a strong team, and the reason that you do that is that you can make five changes, and you can make five changes whenever you want. If it was three, it's a different matter. Go with a strong gish team. I'm not saying the team that we put out today should play. Um, I think Sanchez might might play his last game because um, I think he's out the door in um, in January. Um, but uh, and maybe Deli Ali comes in and uh, and Kane gets rested. But apart from that, I think it's a it's a very strong team. I think Hoybier will play. I think Sissoko will play, and I think they'll win the aim to win the game early on and then make the five changes. Um, to uh, and and see the game out, and then with a view with a view to Palace, I think, and this is my view, it's imperative that you win the group. And I know what HG said that if you finish second, there's only a thirty three percent chance, but you can get a really dodgy draw. But you can still get a really dodgy draw if you win the group. I mean, that's the thing. So, like, I'm pretty certain, and I, I, I'm not certain one hundred percent, but I'm pretty certain that the eight Champions League teams that come down. Four of them, the 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 higher seeded four, get yeah. put in the with the with the group winners, and the lower seeded four get put with the with the group second places. So that, like, until you know what those eight teams are going to be, you just don't know how good they're going to be. You really have no idea. So as far as I'm concerned, whether you get, um, I mean, if it's you know Leipzig or Man United or Gladbach, then okay, that would be a that would be a tough draw. But Gladbach's um, seeding in the UEFA coefficient is probably pretty low, which would put them in, in the lower four seeds. So like to me, once you get to the last 32, it doesn't really matter. You want a good draw no matter where you are. And I don't think there's a massive difference in quality. I really don't. Yeah, but there's there's one thing that you're, you're forgetting is that we've got a winner in charge. And he goes out to win games. Yeah, but but I'm I'm not I'm not sitting here saying that that I don't want to win. I'm just saying I don't think it matters if we don't win. But the performance last Thursday will have made Jose's mind up. I tell you now, there's no way that that team that played on last Thursday is going to is he will put the same eleven out. So basically, Seb, you're just agreeing with everything I said. No, there will be a mix and match. Hoybier, I tell you now, I guarantee Hoybier plays. I get, I bet Larice plays. Right, because he will want to win that game. He can make the changes if he needs to. It's at home. We're expected to win. We should win. If we go two, three nil up at half time, there will be three changes at half time. And that's mm. job done. You rest you rest your players. But he will want to win that group. It's imperative we win that group. And and look, like it's not imperative we win the group because it's the same result. We get to the next stage whether we finish first or second. So it's not imperative. It just it, it makes us think we're going to have an easier draw, but there's no guarantee of that. 
So if you're saying you want to keep winning because that, that's a good men, uh, mentality, then great, I would agree with you. But when it comes to whether it actually matters, no, I don't think it does. The lower seeded teams that will come down are teams like Dynamo Kiev, Krasnodar, and the teams that we could potentially play against could be one of United, Paris Saint-Germain, Leipzig, it could be Real Madrid, um, could be Ajax, yeah, Inter Milan, Shakhtar. There's a definite argument that finishing top will give us easier games. I think that's just a fact. It, it, there's no way that you want to finish your Europa League campaign after uh, losing in Antwerp and drawing last week with a loss at home and still qualify. It will just set a, a, a terrible precedent. You go out, you win that game, you play a, a decent team. That you but if, if you lose one game, it doesn't mean you're going to lose the next. There's no precedent there. I mean, it, like, it, it would suck to lose, don't get me wrong, but it's not as if it's going to derail our season, which is what you make it seem like. It, 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 it's, it's one game against Antwerp who have also qualified. Like, will they really care? I, I don't see why they should, because their goal was to qualify. Whatever they get now is, is a dream situation for them. But at the end of the day, it, to me, it's like, you know, 51-49. It doesn't really matter. What matters is that we've qualified, and that's what happened on Thursday. So, like, in many cases, this week's game is is pretty much a dead rubber because both sides know the situation. Mm, I'd say it's more 70-30, but I get your point. It's not the end of the world, but I think... I think it'd be better if we qualify. Even from the Europa League, you've got teams like Villarreal top in the group, uh, Lille or AC Milan, uh, Napoli. Who else? Right, Rangers. Hundred uh, <laughs> percent. He plays a strong side on Thursday, in my view. Hundred yeah. percent. Do we do we have a weak side? Let me rephrase. The people he knows he can rely on yes. will be playing Thursday. Yeah. I, I, my guess would be there'd be five to six players from today's team kept in the in the team. And I think that Roden would obviously play ahead of Sanchez if he was allowed to, which, which we know he's not. I think Sanchez comes in for one of Toby and Dyer and one of Toby and Dyer stays. Well, we shall see what happens. I think that brings that one to a close. Uh, let's just quickly have predictions then. HG, what are you saying? So the game against Antwerp will win comfortably. 3-1. Good stuff. Uh, caller? 4-1. Um, just because I'm one above HG. <laughs> yeah, in your predictions, but your predictions don't come true. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> Seb, what do you think? Strong team to start. 3-0 up by half time. Five substitutions. Win 4-0. Wow. I think it's going to be a KG 2-1. Um, I'm not anywhere near as confident as you lot. Right. That draws that one to a close. Um, I did mention earlier for the footballprizes.co.uk competition, don't forget to enter with the code 10cheese. That's 10cheese. You get a 10% discount as always. And at least two cheese heads have won prizes so far. So you want to keep that record going. Um, and hopefully one of you will win this one as well. Look out for Brendan's pod on Thursday. I'm not sure who's going to be on this week. That will be uh, reviewing the Antwerp game and obviously previewing the Palace game. So look out for that. Don't forget to subscribe to all of our social media channels and our newfound Patreon accounts. And Cool, are you doing any YouTube videos this week? Yeah, we we could uh, potentially Thursday night could do one. Yeah, for our final Europa game. Final Europa line. I mean, it's boring as fuck to be honest, but yeah. Um, and I'm on a one minute delay as well. So I mean, that, that, it would help if you if the people I was like broadcasting with was mildly professional, really. But is, you know, when I stream it. Like I'm a minute behind, and I had it on BT BT the other week on cast, casting off my proper fucking officially paid for BT account, and it was like a minute and a half delayed. Always <laughs> like, in the past. It is, yeah. it is, you just need to fork out, put your hand in your pocket, don't you? Hopefully, you know the patron thing will help with that. 
Come <laughs> <laughs> on, people, join our Patreon just so I can have proper Sky TV. Uh, but join me, yes, uh, we'll be looking ahead to the um, to next weekend's uh, fixture on uh, Friday evenings with the caller. I'm not sure who I've got in the cave this week, but um, I'm sure there'll be a fantastic guest. Um, and I was joined uh, Friday by Brendan McGurty of uh, Brazilian Spurs uh, fame. And you can find that on our YouTube channel. And worldwide Premier Sports now. He's a TV Absolutely. Lucky to have got him on. Uh, amazing, really. <laughs> <laughs> right, cheeseheads. Um, until next time, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Hello, how are you? It's nice to see No room is big enough to contain Vlad, even the room of cheese. This is why Vlad has a brand new podcast starting this week, Swinging from the Skywalk, bringing together my two favorite things, Tottenham and Swinging. Look forward to seeing you there. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.